Hey everyone, welcome to the Revive West Des Moines podcast. I'm Jamie Richards, the Young Adult Minister at Hope West Des Moines. What you are about to hear is the live recording from Revive West Des Moines this past week. We hope you can connect with God and the good life that God has for you through what you hear in this message. Give it a listen.
So if you were at our Christmas Eve services, you probably recognize some of that, that it was our opening part of our Christmas Eve worship services that just happened last week. And watching it there on the screen still doesn't do it quite justice. If you were in that room, it was an incredible experience. And as I was getting ready for tonight, I was just thinking, this is great, because we're doing a pre-New Year's Eve glow party. And as that 50-foot screen started to lift up and you got to see the worship leaders behind it, that light that just started to shoot out from underneath that. Every time I was in that worship center, I got chills. And tonight I got even more chills with those subwoofers this time. I mean, that was incredible. But it's just, it was a good reminder. And as, those, as that screen came up, you heard Jacob singing, Here Comes Heaven. And it's a reminder that we are in this space where we get to experience a little taste of heaven. Every time we gather in a space like this, when we come together for worship, we share in communion, we share in a good conversation, we get a little taste of heaven. And so we get to continue to be in this glow party tonight as well um, and have this steady radiance of light. And so tonight, we're going to be wrapping up our series on Unexpected Emmanuel, these two words of things that showed up unexpectedly And it's a reminder, though, that no matter what, God is with us. And so to recap, because it has been a little bit since we've been here, and it was only a three-part series, the first week we talked about Mary and Joseph and how they were getting ready for something very unexpected for the birth of Jesus Christ to them. And then we talked about the shepherds and how they, they were some of the first people to experience Jesus Christ. And tonight, we get to talk about how God shows up in the temple, in a place of worship. And we get to focus on two specific characters, Simeon and Anna. And now they were prophets, both being able to explain what was happening and what was about to happen. But before we get into there, I want to brief recap what happened in between um, the birth of Jesus and this story tonight. Because if you're a close listener or you were watching, you saw that tonight's story that um, Austin did a great job reading came from Luke 2. And that's also where we get the birth of Christ narrative. And you're like, wait. I know they were, um, Jesus was born in Bethlehem, but now we have a story taking place in Jerusalem. Those are not the same place. What happened? So right in between these two stories, after the shepherds go on their way and Mary's pondering and treasuring all these things in her heart, there's a couple short verses that just lift up the fact that Mary and Joseph follow all Jewish customs and laws. And one of those things was if you had a firstborn son, you had to dedicate this child to God. And the way to dedicate that child was to go to the temple. There was also some um, ritual sacrifices they had to make. So they traveled to Jerusalem to dedicate their firstborn son, Jesus, to God. And while they're there, this is when we get the rest of the story that we just heard from Austin, who um, read that. And so we get this great time where Anna and Simeon were waiting. We, get, we know that Anna was really, really old. She'd been waiting for a long time. We infer, based on the other things that we read, that Simeon probably was really old as well. He could be a young adult. Most likely not, though. Most likely he had been preparing this for a really long time, and he got this promise that he would not die until he saw the Lord's Messiah. So here we are in this temple, in this place that was a highlight of Jewish tradition and worship. It was the heart of their community. They had been in an exile. They had come back to Jerusalem, And it was a place that they were able to gather as a community to know that they were going to be able to find God's presence there. And yet, Simeon and Anna were given a greater vision of what this might look like in the future moving forward. So we get this account of two people who God is speaking to through others. So one satisfied the prophecy had been fulfilled, that was Simeon. And another, Anna, was pointing to a future. A future of bright promises that God was still going to be present So Simeon had it revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die until he saw the coming Messiah, the Savior of Israel, of the world. This Messiah, this chosen one, this Savior, 
Now, I don't know about you, but a lot of times if I heard those words that you would get to see the Messiah, I would picture a great, mighty, conquering hero. Someone who's going to come in, shake things up, probably unite all these people around him, maybe have some like military st- strategy going on, and was going to be able to like overthrow all these powers. Because they didn't describe who Simeon was going to see, except that he was going to be able to see the Lord's Messiah. Do you ever have expectations for something or someone that's building up? I know we just celebrated Christmas, and when I was growing up, I always had expectations of what I was going to unwrap in those presents. Sometimes I was excited, and I was pleased with what I found, but there was a lot of times I opened it up, and it wasn't what I was expecting. One year, I even got fruitcake, and it was not great. I was not expecting that at all. And so it's not the best thing. And sometimes we have these expectations. We get so built up. We get so excited about the potential of something we're about to see or someone we're about to meet. And it totally undersells. Have you ever, if you've ever been to like a concert and you got a backstage pass and you get so excited to meet this person and then you finally get to meet them after the concert and sometimes it doesn't live up to those expectations. Sometimes we feel like there's there's a wisdom sometimes that says never meet your heroes. Because a lot of times sometimes it feels like they're never going to quite meet up to this pedestal you've put them on. Because you have this idea of who they're going to be and what it's going to be about. But as we get to build up this excitement, sometimes we are giddy with excitement about what's to come. And then if it doesn't show up in the way we expect it to, our hopes and our excitement is completely dashed. And that is also a disappointment for ourselves and for the person that we're meeting. And that is something I've had a little bit of experience with throughout my life, and I think it's summed up pretty well in this clip. Let's take a look. Checking in. Your name, please. Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan, 8 o'clock. Oh. That's me. Oh. Oh. Oh, man. How you doing? Really? Let's go. (laughs) So yes, my name is Michael Jordan, and I haven't had exactly those experiences, but I have had similar experiences where I walk into a room... And I'm not what people were expecting at all. I was very unexpected. And what happened afterwards was disappointment and some despair as well. It's not personal. It's just sports, as I said in ESPN. Or in Simeon's case, it's not personal. But he was just expecting a mighty, all-powerful, maybe an intimidating-looking figure to come onto the scene. Instead, he sees probably one of the most fragile, vulnerable creatures we could ever possibly imagine. A baby. A little child. But unlike all those people that were in that ESPN commercial, he didn't greet this baby with disappointment or sadness. Instead, he was glad. He was joyful. He even sang a song of praise. And that was because of all of his preparation. His willingness to wait. To be patient. His life was culminating in this moment where he got to meet the Lord's Messiah. And he knew that in this moment as he looked into the eyes of this child. And he's able to say, I have seen your salvation, which you have prepared for all people. So even though logically he knew that this baby couldn't lead others at that moment, he knew that this promise would be fulfilled. This promise of salvation would be fulfilled. The promise he was given from the Holy Spirit was that he was going to get to see this person, the Lord's Messiah, but he wasn't going to necessarily get to encounter and see all the pieces that this was going to lead to following that. That's an incredible amount of faith to have. 
to believe that the work of Christ would go well beyond him, not just in that moment, but for years and generations to come. He knows also that the end of his life is near, but he's ready. He has a peace, resting in the knowledge of God's promises, that God always keeps his promises, but it usually happens in God's timing. So Simeon was waiting for something to happen in his life. And I wonder, are you waiting for something to happen in your life? Are you trying to figure out as we get ready to move into 2022, how you're going to continue to encounter God in places and in spaces in your life? These days that we have between Christmas and New Year's usually go by in a flash. A lot of times the days start blending together. I usually forget what day of the week it is. It's more important to remember who we're visiting, especially prior to the pandemic when we had like, okay, we're visiting these cousins today. I'm visiting this grandparent tomorrow. And then we got to go see this side of the family the day after that. It doesn't matter what day it is. It matters who you're visiting. We just kind of rush through this week from Christmas into New Year's. And then as soon as we bring in the next year, we have to start doing our to-do list or putting on our goals that we have for the next year. And we just start going after that. And we get lost in the rhythms of life. But my hope for you is that you're going to take time and space to reflect on everything that already has happened to you in your life and wonder what might be coming up. Now, we're going to get an opportunity to do that a little bit later tonight. But even if you're not in the right space right now, maybe you feel like you did everything just to get here and you're exhausted and you don't want to reflect on anything. You don't want to be thinking about what you're waiting to have happen. I hope and I pray for each and every one of you You'll take time, set aside that space in the coming days to think about this question. Because when we slow down in our lives, we try not to pack everything so full that we're just going through the motions. We can usually see God's purpose a little bit more clearly. So when Simeon was waiting for something to happen in his life, he had a huge choice to make on this day that we get in this story. He, the spirit was leading him, it said. He'd been waiting for something to happen, but it didn't say the spirit was dragging him to the temple that day or the spirit was forcing him to go to the temple, but rather that the spirit was nudging him, leading him to go to the temple that day for something was going to happen. It didn't say what was going to happen necessarily, but we can infer from all of these stories and what we were hearing about Simeon that, yeah, he knew about God. He was able to rest in God's presence from hanging out with God and trying to get to know God better. So if he knew that he would live until he saw the Messiah, I don't know if I was him that I would rush over to the temple on that day knowing that that was going to be the end of my life. I might be more like Jonah and wanted to flee in the other direction, wanting to run away from God's desires and purposes for my life. But instead, Simeon leaned into this. He had that posture in life of leaning in to what God was up to all around him. So these past two months, I've had an opportunity to slow down and to think about what God might be up to in my life in a very different way, but also that has a huge impact on my future. So maybe for you, you're similar to me where large chunks of your life have already been mapped out. I mean, birth to 18, grow up, go to school, all those things. For me, I went off to college right after that. Maybe you were debating if you were going to take a gap year or enlist or go to a trade school, but usually then another chunk of your life was mapped out. Then after you graduate, got to get a job. That's what I did. Um, I was able, luckily able to get a job in youth ministry. I was figuring out what my next step was going to be, wrestling with if I wanted to continue on with my degree from undergrad, which was physics, or if I wanted to go on in ministry and pursue a degree with that um, and go into ministry more. Luckily, I got a job at a church because most churches are not wanting to take a risk on someone who has a physics degree and wants to work with youth. Didn't make a lot of sense to a lot of people, but luckily I got a job there. So the next three years were mapped out for me. And then I started in seminary 
to become a pastor. And then I knew I was going to be a part-time student. So the next five and a half years were mapped out. So I had these chunks of my life that were already set up. And so I had an easy answer to people ask like, what, what's happening in your life or what's going to happen? Well, I'm going to be in school or I'm going to be working or whatever. But these past two months, I was getting to a point now where the future was a complete mystery. It was wide open. And it had a huge impacts on where I'm going to be 5, 10, 15 years from now. So as was mentioned, tomorrow is my last day here. I'm serving as a pastoral intern here at Hope, which just means I'm in school to become a pastor. I'm at Luther Seminary in the Twin Cities. Um, in the part of the church of the, the body of Christ that we're a part of, we're called Lutherans. In our denomination, one of the things we have to do is go to seminary, get a master's degree. Part of that is the internship. That's why I'm here. And then after that, I get to become a full-fledged pastor. But to do that, one of the important things, of course, to be a pastor, you have to be leading a group of people, whether that's in a church or in a congregational setting somewhere else. So with get it, without getting too bogged down into the details of how this all works out, just want to say that the first church that I go to as a pastor, there's a lot more people that are involved in the process. It's not just like, I want to go there, and I get to go there. There's a lot more people involved that get to say, we think you should actually go here. I get to have some input into it. If you want more details, come to Monterey afterwards. I'm happy to share about this whole thing called the call process with you. Anyways, I got assigned to the Dakotas, North and South Dakota, both of them. And I got to meet with congregations at the end of October, got to see some profiles on certain congregations to see, maybe is God leading me to these places? And after I got through a first round of interviews at the beginning of November, I was able to narrow it down to two different places, one in the middle part of North Dakota and another in the southeastern part of South Dakota. And they were two totally different places, different ministry opportunities, different settings, and it was really hard to compare the two. It wasn't like a Granny Smith apple to a Red Delicious apple where they're both apples, you just got to choose what kind of apple you want. It was like a banana to a strawberry. Both fruits, both churches, but very, very different. You like both of them at some times, but not always at the same time. So now, I'm not always the most decisive person, but when I'm faced with two options, usually I like to make a decision and just move on because it's easier to make a decision as opposed to holding things up in the air. But this is a really, really unique opportunity to slow down and try to listen to what God was saying and what God desired for my life. As Jamie just mentioned earlier in the announcements, we have that school for listening prayer coming up in the new year. And that's something I struggle with a lot. I am great at talking to God. I'm great at just lifting up, saying what's on my heart and mind. But sometimes it's hard to slow down to take that pause, to take that breath, and listen to what God is saying back, to what God wants to have happen in your life, what God is desiring for you. So I also intentionally asked others during these past two months to be thinking and praying about what God might be up to in my life, but also in the world of the church all around us, what might be happening in the coming years, knowing that we don't have a crystal ball, we can't perfectly know every step that's going to happen in the future. The past two years have absolutely taught us that, that we can't predict everything. But leaning into a little bit more what God might be up to. What is God desiring? And also, as I got to introduce myself and talk about what brought me to Revive, during those first couple of weeks, a year ago, we were in a series called Roadmap for a New Year. Setting a, like, setting a path, charting a course for a new year. And one of those first weeks that I was able to come to Revive, I remember Jamie had a panel of people up here, and one of them, I think he was like sitting right over there, was Bill Withers. Now, Bill Withers is on our staff here at Hope. Um, his title is something, I wrote it down, he is the Hope Network Lead Minister here on staff. So big title, but what that means really is he's always being mindful of all of our campuses, all of our local sites, and also being thinking about what God is leading us to next. And one of the things Bill lifted up during that talk was that you need people in your life. You need mentors. You need people in your life to talk to, 
to listen to you, and who can impart wisdom to you as well. And I would say Bill is one of those people. He has more wisdom than like three lifetimes that I'll probably have. And so it's great to be able to have that wisdom imparted upon you when you ever talk with him. And if you ever are looking for that, if you need guidance in your life, I encourage you to reach out to Bill or find people in your life that are already doing that. Because a lot of times God is showing you things about others. And a lot of times God is showing others things about you. We can miss these opportunities in our life to see what God is doing. Sometimes we get so down on ourselves. We don't want to lift up our own gifts. We just want to highlight the gifts of others, which is great. But sometimes we need someone in our lives to tell us, no, you're really good at this too. I see you coming alive in this way. I see you coming to light in a new way, glowing in a way that you don't do in other settings. So saying positive things about yourself and about others can lift each other up to share that light around us. So I was really grateful to have this multitude of people helping me wonder what was going to happen next in my life and listening to what God might be leading me to next. And something that came up over and over and over again in all these conversations were two phrases and words that are exactly the phrases of this series that we're in right now. And maybe you're not in a point of transition. Maybe you're in that one like chunk part of your life that you know what's going to happen the next three years of your life or whatever. But eventually all of us reach these turning points. Maybe it's the turning of the calendar year to 2022 and you're like, what is going to happen next? And so one of the things that was told to me over and over again is that still, it's going to be unexpected. No matter where I go next, there's going to be things that I'm not going to be able to be prepared for. Some parts, it's going to be like the roller coaster coming up to the top where it's just eager anticipation, getting ready for what's about to come. But a lot of it probably is going to be going straight down, going super fast, jolting side to side. But God's going to be there in it all. And it's going to be really exciting but got to hold on because it's going to come fast. And that's why a question that I wanted to ask and that was asked of me and I asked it of all the places that I interviewed with, but I also want to ask you guys this tonight as well. What might God be up to? And I want to emphasize that verb there, might. It's not what is God up to. Not what is God up to in your life. You know definitively this is the one thing God is up to. But the might, it allows you to hold it loosely. Yes, if you know, grab onto that and go with it. If God has given you a clear purpose for this stage of your life right now, absolutely, I encourage you, full blessing. Go for it. But hold it loosely because the person you are today is not going to be the person you are a year from now or five years from now or 10 years from now. And as you change, you're going to change in your relationship with God too. God is still going to love you no matter what through it all. But what God might be up to tomorrow is going to be completely different than what God might be up to today. And no matter what, though, no matter what, the other piece that was lifted up to me, it's going to be unexpected, whatever happens, the promise that God is always going to be with you, or Emmanuel, God with us, which means that God is going to be with you. Through it all, through the highs, through the lows, through it all. We don't believe, we don't worship in a distant God, a God who created this all and then went millions of light years away just to like sit back, recline and watch us all and laugh at all the mistakes we were making. We believe in a God who's fully present, who came, who broke into this world. Yes, he came in to interrupt our lives, to shake things up, but also this is a God who came to bring us a more radiant light, a more beautiful joy, a richer hope and an everlasting peace. So holding on on to all of that, imagining what God might be up to, being ready for some things that might be unexpected, leaning into that, sometimes you're just faced with two good decisions. And that's kind of where I was at. I was faced with two really good decisions. 
And then the last piece of advice that was given to me, if that's the case where you're at, where it's not a right and a wrong, then just go forth. Go forth because God is going to keep getting you ready for wherever you go. God is continually going to prepare you. God is always going to be with you no matter what. That promise of Emmanuel, God with us, God is going to be with you. God's not going to abandon you. So just go forth. Be bold into that. Even if it's going to be unexpected, you have no idea what the Lord's Messiah is going to look like when you go to that temple like Simeon. Whatever that is for you, God is getting you ready for it though. And one of the things that we can always do wherever we go is to share Christ's light. Being a glowing light for others. That light though, it's not about you. It's not about how to make people more focused on you, about how great you are. It's a light that points to Christ. A light that can never be extinguished. No matter the pain you're feeling, no matter the suffering you're feeling, or the pain or suffering you might have caused others, no loneliness or isolation, no sickness or illness, not even death can put this glowing light out. And that is a light, as Simeon said, that's meant for the salvation of all people. Everywhere. It's our opportunity. I know these glow sticks aren't much, but they can continue to glow and it can be a reminder to us to also share that light. Not a light that's ours, but a light that is God's. Continue to reveal who God is to all people. And as we do this, we're living in this space that heaven is coming, but we also get that taste of heaven right now. So we live in this space of now and not yet, of this place where things are happening absolutely, where God is breaking in, and yet there's more promises to be fulfilled. And one example of that that I like to think of is right after the sunset. The sun is now gone, but the sky is still lit up. And sometimes that's when you get the most beautiful pictures of the sky. The clouds are lit up, usually like sometimes a pink or this orange color, whatever it is. It's just gorgeous. It's a time to stop and feel a deep resonance, a connection to all the world around you, all the people around you, and to understand that God is truly present. Because the sun is gone, but the glow that light is still there. That light is shining seemingly from no source. But us, through experiences of life, we know that that light does exist. And it's not just the light of the sun. The light we're talking about is God's light. It's a greater light. It is a greater gift. So just like Mary and Joseph at the first manger scene, at the first Christmas child that happened at a particular point in time, the significance of that event wasn't fully understood in that moment. That's why when Simeon shared all the things that he did, Mary and Joseph were astonished at what he said. Same is true for us today. We get to continually unpack this story in our lives, moment after moment, experience after experience, over the course of many years, after multiple sunsets and sunrises, even though that darkness does set in after the sunsets of a night, we have that promise, we have that hope, we have that promise that the sun will rise again tomorrow. And so I think it is also fitting that we're celebrating a New Year's Eve party. We are more Eve people than we are the next day people. We do Christmas Eve. We, do blow, we blow it up here on Christmas Eve, not necessarily on Christmas Day. We're doing a New Year's Eve party instead of a New Year's Day party because it's about this space of now and not yet. The evening, of course, will break in to the new day, but we're not quite there yet. So in this space of living where we already have the promise of God here and now, we also hold on to that hope. There's even more, even greater, even better things on the way. So as heaven is coming in, with, and through all of us and for all people, let's get out there. 
Let's continue to share that, to open ourselves up, to have that posture of leaning into God, what God might be nudging you to do. Maybe that's a season of waiting, sitting still. Maybe it's a time of reflection, looking back. Maybe it's a time of action. No matter what, though, be ready. Be ready for something even beyond your wildest imaginations. Because when God gets a hold of it, when you partner with God to do something, it's going to be spectacular. Let's pray. Good and gracious God, we ask that you give us eyes to see your miraculous spirit moving in this place, in this space right now. Help us to see how you are at work in our lives, God, and how you are at work in this world. Teach us to be proclaimers of your love to the nations for the sake of the one who came before, to redeem and to save all people. Continue to shine your light of love on all of us and help us to glow for others as well. We lift all these things up to you and it's in your holy name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening, everyone. Revive West Des Moines happens every Thursday night at Hope in West Des Moines and we'd love to connect with you on social media. So find us and let us know where you're listening from. And whenever you're in town, we would love to have you come to Revive and join us live. Peace out, Scouts.